help me welcome the one and only, our dear pastor. He's tall, he's dark, he's bald, and uh, <laughs> he loves the Lord as well. He, he normally has a nice smile at times. When you make him happy, he has a nice smile, you know? And he loves the Lord, by the way, he does. Help me welcome Pastor Katie. I want you to turn to the book of James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And while you turn to your Bibles, I want to apologize to us all. We had some challenges with our sound today and the worship team have experienced a challenge, but we thank God that even with the challenges, we still proceed. And even today, I am standing in and I am preaching on behalf of someone, and I believe that we will all be blessed. The other thing that I want to share is, uh, at times in life, we go through a time of speaking about, the Lord has blessed me, the Lord has done so much for me and we can even have a background music like the one for Travis Green we can sing Nara and we can say God you're faithful but then with the comings and goings of life and we are caught up in between a rock and a hard place and we may be at a point that we want to doubt God and we want to question, are you there? And there may be some people who are in this place. You are questioning. You are doubting. You are at a point of, let me use the word, giving up on God. But let me remind you, there's a person who was at the same, same place, John the Baptist. Remember, he was the cousin of Jesus Christ. He had baptized him. He knew that this is the man who is going to save all humanity. And then he was in a prison. And him being in a prison, he doubted. Are you the Christ that is going to come? Or is there someone else? But I want to bring to your attention that the same, same God is still performing miracles. The same, same God is still in the business of healing. The same, same God is still in the business of opening doors that have been shut. The same, same God is able to restore. So while you are in that despondent situation, I want you to know that Jesus is still on the throne. He is not moved. And he is able. He who was, who is, is to come. He will meet you at your point of need. James chapter 1, verse 11. Sorry, not verse 11. James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. The title of my sermon is still 
when temptation knocks. But today I want us to look from a, a different angle. It is not when temptation knocks, but when now we are the ones who knock. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 13. The Bible says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Verse 14 says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desired, desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Father, we thank you for your word. May you speak to us in Jesus' name. We had come from a point that we had fasted. And I remember last week teaching about the story of Jesus. Jesus, him being our Lord and Savior, he was affirmed by God. And when he was being baptized, we saw the Bible say that, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And that was the first place that we saw the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then after that, Jesus, the Bible says that being led by the Holy Spirit, and he was full of the Holy Spirit, he goes into the desert or the wilderness, a place that nothing, almost nothing grows. And then he was tempted for 40 days. I personally believe that God does not tempt us. The original word that is used in the Greek means that God tests us so that he will perfect our faith. The enemy is the one who tempts us. God tests us so that he will perfect our faith. But the enemy tempts us so that he will destroy us. That's why no one should say that I am being tempted by God because God cannot be tempted by evil. And then the Bible continues to say, we are tempted by our own selfish desires. There's a significant difference between trials and temptations. Trials, they result from outside sources beyond our control and something to be endured with faith. But temptations often stem from the inner moral struggles, and this involves the godly desires. I remember when I mentioned about Jesus being tempted by the devil, the three things, I can summarize them, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the enemy wanted to turn the stone into bread, and the pride of life. We crave for material things. We want to go to places of power. We want God to give us money. We want shortcuts. 
And the culture that we live in today, we live in a culture whereby we, 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 we are not willing to wait on the Lord. We are not willing to go through the process. And that's why someone said that we are a microwave generation. We want, something, we want to put food in the microwave and in like 30 seconds, everything is ready. We are tempted by our own selfish desires. If you can master on how to handle the three things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, you are able to come up and be someone who is victorious. And how do you use, how can you come up victorious whenever you are tempted, whenever the desires in your heart, because sometimes you may want something that you don't have because you've seen someone else have it. It is written. That's why for every temptation, for every trial, for every challenge that you face in life, it is written. For anything that you need in life, it is written. That's why God has given us his word, 66 letters, and they are divided into separate books. We have the book of Psalm that is divided into 150 episodes. Whenever we dive deep into that word, we are able to get that which we can relate with. And whenever temptation comes, we are able to say that it is written. And so let me take us back to a time where the children of Israel are going through a difficult season. They are under a people who are terrorizing them. They are under a people who are bringing them harm and they are bringing them pain and they are bringing them difficult things. I am speaking about the Philistines and God had prophesied that there is someone who is going to come from the tribe of Dan. When you read the book of Genesis chapter 49, it speaks about someone who will come from the tribe of Dan and he is going to bring judgment upon the enemies of the children of God. There is a man and a woman and the woman was barren for a long time and this woman who was barren, the Bible says that she was going to have a child and before the child was to come, the Bible says that it is written that this child is not supposed to have wine. This child is not supposed to have strong drink. This child is not supposed to come through even to, 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 into contact with even a dead body. This child is going to be used to deliver the children of Israel. Isn't it funny that many of the people that God used, they were barren. Mary, not Mary, Elizabeth, if you read the book of Isaiah, it says, sing, O barren woman. And being barren sometimes is when you are at a place that you don't have finances. You are at a place you don't have someone to support you. But the word of the Lord, when it comes to you, it doesn't matter you being barren. It doesn't matter you lacking. But what matters is what the Lord has said. The Lord had said, it is written that if, you go against this. You go against the ungodly desires. It is going to birth death. Some of you I know they are processing now. I'm speaking about Samson. Samson is born. And the story shifts. We don't know about how he was growing up. 
But one thing that we know is it had been written to him that there are some things that he is not supposed to do. When you go to the book of Numbers chapter 6, it speaks about the Nazarite vow. It says a, a Nazarite is someone who had dedicated his or her life to serve God. You were separated from the world and separated unto God. You had been called so that you will be, you will be used to do great things. And God had said, not even a razor should touch your head because it is a symbol that you have been set apart. It is a symbol that you have been consecrated and, and, and you are going to be used of God so that God will accomplish the things that he wants to do in you and through you. It was written, some guidelines. And then Samson, him being grown up, the first thing when he grows up is he uses his eyes and sees a woman from Timna a woman from the uncircumcised people group, a woman from the Philistines. And Samson tells the parents that, I want to marry that woman. Samson had a call upon his life. And just like Samson, God has called us to be people who will bring judgment, people who will deliver other people through the life issues and struggles and the challenges. Sometimes I usually say that the ministry that God is calling you to is where you currently are. So if you're struggling maybe with finances, that is where your ministry will be. If you're struggling with things like low self-esteem, that is where your ministry currently is. Samson tells the parents, I want to marry this woman. And the parent says, you mean there are no women in Israel? And Samson, the Bible says that the parents didn't know that it was the will of God. And sometimes when God has placed a call upon our lives, people will be against us. People will try to drive us away from what God is calling us from and what God is calling us to. We will get to a point that discouragement will come from our siblings. Discouragement will come from our sisters and brothers, not the next door neighbor. Even sometimes discouragement will come from our own parents, but do it anyway because God says he is able to melt the hearts of men. He is able to melt the hearts of even your parents and then Samson marries this lady Samson marrying that lady it was like a way on how he is going to accomplish the task that God had called him to to bring judgment upon the Philistines Samson goes from a place that he is single married and some things happen along the way and the Bible says that the Spirit of God will come upon Samson. And there was a time when he was going with his parents to Timnah. He saw a lion. And Samson went and the Bible says that he did not slap that lion, but he tore that lion like a young goat. He tore a lion like a young goat. As in, as in... As you know, I, 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 how, how, how can you do that? David killed a bear and a lion, but Samson 
David killed, I think he was using a stone. Samson, he used his hands to kill a lion. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon him. Let me explain about the Spirit of God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The Spirit of God in the Old Testament will come upon someone and achieve that which he wanted to achieve, and then he will live. But in the New Testament, Jesus said that I am going to send someone of the same kind so that he will empower you, so that you will be able to do that which you cannot be able to do by your own strength, by your own might. And Samson, after tearing a lion as if it was a young goat, Samson goes to Timnah and then he comes back. The Bible says that he looked at where the lion died and he saw the carcass and him seeing the carcass, he saw there was honey in that carcass. And Samson, he went in that carcass he took some, put in his lips, and it was sweet. Remember the calling upon his life was, you should not even come near a dead thing. Because a dead thing symbolizes something that is unclean. You have been set apart. And Samson, the last of the eyes and the last of the flesh, come to a place that he compromises what the word of God says. And this was the beginning of his downward spiral. He was going and declining and moving away from the arms of the father who wanted him to do great things. And let me bring it to us. How many of us know that God is speaking to us? It is written, you should not touch an unclean thing. But we know that God, God, I know that you will forgive me. I know God that you know I should not go out with the married man. But God, I know it's too sweet because this man is going to give me goodies. He is going to give me a car. He's going to give me a house. I'm tired of living in a one-bedroomed house. How many of us know that it is written? We are not supposed to touch an unclean thing. We are not supposed to live in a manner that will lead us to a place that we are walking away from God. It is written, do not touch something unclean. Samson went even ahead and gave the parents the honey. What you get from the things that you are not, not supposed to, to, to involve yourself with and the desires are slowly bathing death. Samson goes and meets some people and he gives them a riddle. He says, if you answer this riddle, there's a reward. And the story unfolds by Samson speaking, not, not Samson, the, 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 the Philistines, they spoke to this lady and they told her, we want you to tell the answer to that question that this man answered asked us. And then the story ends by the woman Samson is supposed to marry dying. The father being wiped off of the face of the earth. And that, that thing birthed something out of Samson. Remember about the, 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 the last of the eyes and the last of the flesh. And Samson continues and goes to a, a place called Gaza. And when he, went to, when he went to Gaza, the Bible, the Bible says that 
people wanted to kill him. Let me take us back first. The wife of Samson had been given to a friend. And then 3,000 men of Judah came to Samson. And they said, we have come to bind you so that we can hand you over to the people who are over us. And then Samson, the Bible says that he, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him and the ropes that had bound him became as flax that caught fire and the bones melted off his hands. And this is the time that Samson took the jawbone of a donkey and he slapped a thousand people and all of them fell dead. The spirit of the Lord was upon him and remember Samson was still on a downward trend. He was still falling down. He was still oozing away from the hands of the Father. But isn't it amazing that still God chooses to use us? God still says that I am going to use you, but I want you to come back so that I will use you fully. Samson goes to Gaza and, and, and the people wanted to kill him, but they said, let us kill him in the morning. And then Samson, Samson at midnight he took hold of the gates of the city. He took hold of the gates of the city and he walked over five kilometers carrying the gates. <laughs> and gets zeo time as gets ndogo. As in, this guy carried the gates of a city over five kilometers. And then he went, he goes to a place, he sees a prostitute, I don't know what he does with the prostitute, and remember the last of the eyes, the last of the eyes, he's still not mastering, and when it comes to the last of the eyes, it goes into the last of the flesh, and you see you want, you see you want, last always takes away, but love gives, last always takes away, it takes away the calling of God upon your life, last always takes away the things that God has called you to do, last will take away your peace, Last will take away your joy. Last will take away each and every other thing that God has placed. And Samson meets this woman called Delilah. Remember, he is sinking deep and he is going away from God because of the lust of the eyes, because of the pride of life, because he knew that I can do all these great things. I am able to slap a, a, a thousand men with, with the jawbone of a donkey. I am able to kill 30 men. I am able to tie uh, something on the tails of foxes and they are able to destroy everything. Samson sees Delilah and he falls in love with Delilah. And then the Bible says that the Philistines, they told Delilah, I want you to seduce this man. We want you to seduce so that we can know where does he get his strength from? Where does he get his strength from? That clearly shows me that Samson was not a big guy like, like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It shows me that Samson was not a, a, a huge guy and he had the biceps, the triceps and the joseps and all the seps that a man can have, the cubes and each and every other thing. But I am trying to understand where did this man get his strength from? The strength was from the calling of God upon his life.
The strength was the fact that he had kept the Nazarite vow. The, 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 the strength lied from whatever God had placed in his life. God had called him to do greater things. God had called him to, to be someone who will change the world upside down and bring judgment upon the Philistines. And God has also called us to be, you, you may be as, as tall, dark, and slim, and may, you may look like, manziata uwezi ukakunjangumi, ukikunjangumi ni kaume inama. But let me tell you something. Your strength lies in your faith. Your strength lies in your faith in God. People may ask, where do you get your strength from? Where do you get? Samson was getting his strength from God. And Delilah asked Samson, Samson, babe. <laughs> baby shark. Baby. <laughs> um, where do you get your strength from? Please, Manzi, any show. Nishaw, oh. <laughs> How comes Manzonezo ukafungwa so that unakuwa weak? And Delilah had been told that we will give you a thousand pieces of silver. And Samson says, when seven fresh bowstrings that haven't been dried are tied around me, I will become weak. And so Delilah, with the enemies, they do that. They get that strings, those strings. And then Samson, kama kawaida, anajitoa. The second time Delilah still goes, tell me. And Samson says that when you have new open ropes, I shall be weak. And Delilah sends an SMS to these guys and how I say wako, <laughs> wako at a place that they, they do the same, same thing. And Samson breaks out again. And then the third time, Delilah asks Samson, remember Samson is someone whose head has not been shaved. Samson is asked by Delilah, do you love me? Do you love me? And Samson says, why do I come to this house every day? <laughs> and then Samson gives Delilah the secret because he had been pressed to the point that he couldn't hide it anymore. And he says, the moment my head is shaved, the moment I will look like KT in 20, <laughs> 2019, February, when it's about Valentine's and <laughs> the moment my head is shaved, I will not be able to get out. And Delilah gets him to sleep on his lap, on her lap, sorry. And Samson sleeps on her lap. Delilah gets someone to shave him. I think he was feeling nice when he was being shaven. And, and the moment he was shaved, the Bible said that the Spirit of God left him. Many of us know that it is written. There are some things that you are not supposed to do, but then we compromise 
And now this is when the Spirit of God departs. And when the Spirit of God departs, we are not able to accomplish the good work that God has put in our lives. The last of the flesh. Jesus said, it is good that you enter the kingdom of heaven without your eyes. There's this guy who was blind. He said, I'd rather be blind than see wickedness, than have me walk away from God. And just to finish this story, five things about Samson. Samson lost his vision. The Philistines gorged out his eyes. And the Bible clearly says that without vision, people perish. That's why each and every other year you may be trying a new course. You may be going from a relationship to another relationship. You may be looking for a job and after you get that job, it comes to a point that you're not satisfied anymore because the enemy has snatched your vision. Samson lost his position. Samson lost his movement. He was bound, and that is the work of the enemy. He, he, he wants to bind you so that you are not effective. Samson lost his status, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes. Remember, it is us who are now allowing temptation to take us down because of what we see. Watch for what your flesh goes after. Watch for what your soul is thinking about. I want us to bow down our heads. We may think that Delilah is just a woman, but Delilah is a spirit. The name of Delilah means to weaken. And Samson, every time she was going to Delilah, he was being weakened. He was being weakened on a daily basis. And if we are not careful, the Delilahs that are in our lives are weakening us. They are weakening us from being that which God has called us to be. The Delilahs in our lives, the ones that we have allowed to come into our lives, are making us to be people who will live in fear. The Delilahs in our lives will stop us from achieving the God-given call, the God-given vision, the God-given purpose. The Delilahs in our lives will make us not to accomplish that which God has called us to do in 2019. And even while I speak, you are saying, God, I need your help. Just lift up your hand. Thank you for those hands. Today, I want you to make a prayer for yourself. Everything that we need is in the word. And in that prayer, I want you to, to be intentional and say, God, I want to come back to you so that I will be aware that it is written. So when temptation knocks, I will be ever ready to fight with the word of God. Just speak to God. We thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.